Hey guys, this is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the mayor of Britsburg, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers Podcast. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially on the 100th episode. This is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a special interview episode for the 100th episode of Wrestling Cheers. I am your host. I am Heavyset, a.k.a. Justin Summers. And we are brought to you by the Trending Topics Network, Midwest Territory, and Key on Sports. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. You can find us on all your social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. We have a merch store over at WeatherManeuver.net. Like I said, this is the 100th episode of Wrestling Cheers. Technically, if I went by the normal pattern, that's why this is coming out on a different day. It would be an AIW show, and I want it to be special. I want it to be fun. And actually, my guest reached out to me, not knowing that I was had him in mind for my 100th episode, one of a few names that I had, but none other than the former host of This Is Awesome Wrestling Show and the co-host of Dinner with the King. We have none other than Glenn Moore. Dude, I am honored to be on 100th episode of Wrestling Cheers. You know... Yeah, I asked you to be on because I felt, you know, you had all these other people on the show, not just wrestlers, but, you know, just personalities. And I felt slighted because, you know, you were an intern at <laughs> TIWS. And I was like, when am I going to be get, get on the show? And, you know, I like being interviewed, too. So I, I, I wanted to reach out and you already had me in mind. So, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm very uh, I'm, I'm honored to be on the 100th episode because I know in any podcast, I don't care whoever does a podcast, if you make it to 100 episodes, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, crazy thing, too, is like even before, like this was the Ohio Indie Report, so I have more than that under my belt. But going heavy, no pun intended, going steady at this at, since, I mean, beginning of or bid 2016, I, I want to say, uh, trying to figure out who was going to be the 100th episode guest or what I was going to do for it. It was honestly between you and John Thorne. Oh my God! Well, I, uh, I, well, uh, sorry, John, John Thorne for not. <laughs> can he be number one hundred one? I mean, number one hundred one is pretty cool. But I, 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 like I said, I'm honored. Um, I was thinking you would say Steve Guy, but I'm glad you didn't say Steve Guy. It's Steve John Thorne. <laughs> Guy has already been on. Oh my God! Are you serious? <laughs> Steve Guy was on last year. Yeah, early last go. year. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta not go. only was he on the show, he was live in studio at my home uh wow, setup wow okay well i see how i stand it's fine we can continue well 
I don't think I don't I don't know if you were you were around here at that time because you uh now like you're like are you back and forth between Memphis or are you permanently in Memphis or how what's that going? Uh, I mean I'm at, I'm in Memphis right now. Um, I would say I'm like eighty twenty between Memphis and Cleveland. Um, you know I came down here. I was planning to come down here in the end of July because obviously um, I'm sure we'll get into it. I co-host a podcast with Jerry Lawler and he's in Memphis and uh, Brian Christopher passed away. You know, Jerry called me at one o'clock in the morning and I didn't answer it because I was sleeping. And then he texted me and said, you know, Brian, what was going on with Brian, his son, and he eventually passed away. So I came down immediately and, you know, obviously for the funeral and just being there for Jerry and it just turned into me staying longer just to help out, uh, you know, what was going on and, kind of be there for jerry because you know jerry's a very popular guy but yeah one thing about jerry he he doesn't um he, he has a lot of friends but not close friends to where he feels comfortable enough to you know have you hanging around when you know things are going rough so mm. you know just being able to hang out with him and and, and just kind of kind of help him get back in the routine of, of what he was doing and then we, did, we were on the podcast was you know was taking off um, you know, we've been doing it for about a year and a half at the time. And, you know, we never really done any podcasts in person. We did, I think we did one before that. And that was at his barbecue restaurant with a bunch of uh, fans that came out to the barbecue restaurant. But, um, it just, you know, I just decided to stay and, you know, Halloween came and he makes a big deal about Halloween. So that was fun. Um, you know, I came back to Cleveland for the holidays, but, um, it's uh, it's just I think I, I, I enjoy Memphis and I made it, I made it like a personal thing to me is, I don't like the Cleveland weather anymore, so I'm like, well, I might as well go to Memphis. I get some cold. I like, I like, it. I like the cold. I don't like the snow. So here in Memphis, it's 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 you know, it's a little chilly, but there's no snow. So it's the best of both worlds. I get the cold, no snow. I'm in Memphis, and I do get to hang out with the uh, with the king uh, when I want. Even I'm, I stay at his house most of the time, eighty percent of the time, twenty percent of the time is in a nearby hotel. So I'm laying in bed. In Jerry Lawler's house, so I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm sleeping, I'm welcome in the house of Jerry Lawler. It's a, uh, it's pretty cool thing. Memphis is one of those places I really want to go to, just like on my own, because I te- technically with you know my job and I when I used to be over the road, I mean I've been in and out of te- Memphis, West Memphis all the time, but just that experience of being in Memphis and like chilling, even like uh, recently when I went down to Nashville, that was like my first time actually really experiencing nashville without just like driving through it or something yeah it's a uh, you know i haven't been, been to nashville i've just you know driven through nashville um so i haven't experienced the nightlife or you know the the night scene of nashville that everybody talks about memphis is a little bit different than nashville i mean memphis is kind of like it's kind of like cleveland you know they have a little downtown area beale street you know with the bars and stuff but you know what you know it's just like Cleveland. Everybody tells you don't go downtown at night. It's really bad. I mean, it, it kind of is. It's it's it is bad to go downtown in Memphis. But they, you know, the suburbs are nice. Um, in Memphis, you know, you have your bad areas. But it, I mean, it's it's not like special. But I mean, you got to go to Graceland. Um, That's on my list. You, you got to go there. You got to go to Beale Street. Obviously, you got to uh, at least you know if you you being a really huge wrestling fan, go to Miss South Coliseum. At least you know go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there there are some places you have to go to when you do are in Memphis, but um, it's I enjoy it. I more enjoy the weather, like I said. What about the Big Bass Pro Shop? I, I I've been there. You got to go to the Pyramid. You, uh, <laughs> I I did go in there, 
but I was always told you have to take the elevator up to the tippy top of the pyramid. I didn't do that yet. I guess I should, but uh, th- yeah, you got to go to the pyramid too. You got to experience the you know, Bass Pro Shop. In the two years I was over the road, that's when they switched it over. So like one day I'm just driving past it and I just see this big Bass Pro Shop logo on. I'm like, what? What just happened here? And Dude, like, like you walk in and there's like a river with fish in it and you have like little bri- like wood bridges it's like walking like it's like it's like walking outside it, it, the tree it's just like and they have the shops on the outer edge of like the courtyard which has like the you know like the little boardwalk area it's really it's, it's crazy it's real it's real real cool but uh it's quite the experience yeah that that's definitely a weird thing that's on my list just because i was driving through the area roughly when that would made the big transition. Cause even like driving past it before that, I'm like, Oh, that looks, that looks really cool. And then they did the changeover and I have, I'm like, all right, I got to go. Like, is that a Bass Pro Shop? What's going on? Oh, oh no. Yeah. It's full on Bass Pro Shop in the pyramid now. And I'm like, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> you gotta go dude. You yeah. gotta make, make a trip to Memphis. Definitely. It's the Tennessee as a whole, like I, I've mentioned to people before is just, I want to go there and experience it on my own. Like I got to recently go down to Southern Underground Pro and experience Nashville just a little bit, but there's still like I want to go back to Nashville. I didn't get a chance to go to the Johnny Cash Museum. I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. Thing that I got to do on the way out, which I was happy I, I did it alone. I did it on a Monday morning as I, before I was heading home, as I visited Johnny Cash's grave, which is something to behold because a guy of that magnitude has no fanfare whatsoever mm-hmm. at his grave except for like i should say the 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 cemetery doesn't have that the actual grave obviously it says johnny cash it's a like kind of big thing but there's no like big monument there's no signs that say johnny and june cash are, are buried here here's where it's at no like i had to google it to find where they were buried it was crazy Jeez. that's nuts yeah i uh i've visited my fair share of celebrity graves especially in hollywood and um it's quite – some are witty. You know, some are off the path and some are just, you know, full of fanfare like you said. Um, so like Marilyn Monroe's with – which is just, you know, covered in lipstick of people kissing her grave. Yeah. Uh, like not, not her grave but her – she's like in a, in a mausoleum. Yeah. Um, you know, so – but uh, it's crazy, man. Uh, going there on a Monday too, Monday morning, like there was – no pun intended, it was dead there. Like no. – <laughs> <laughs> there, there was like no cars, nobody else like hanging around. So like it, it got to be a cool moment. Like I really talked about this much. Like there's a handful of Johnny Cash songs I really like, and most of them I sang the first verse or the first little bit. Like a boy named Sue is just one long song. Like I, I sang the first little bit of it, and it's just like some of, just some of my favorite songs. And I, I had to do it. I sang the beginning of "Ain't No Grave." Mm-hmm. Did the the, the the Undertaker come walking out of the graveyard? <laughs> well, it's like well, it's ironic because the opening line is "Ain't no grave can hold my body down." I'm at Johnny Cash's yeah. grave, singing, and I'm like, "Ain't no grave." <laughs> like, is it is it ironic? Is it funny? Like, what, what's going on here? But no, it's that's the first one that came to mind. But I th- it's like weird when you like when you talk about things like that, and maybe some people will think it's morbid or kind of you know crazy or strange but i mean i know you're, you're not able to meet your you know celebrity um the person that you enjoy entertainment wise in person but you get to go to the grave and have that one-on-one 
you know, not people waiting or off to the side or there's a bunch of fanfare around it. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, if it's your own personal moment, more power to you. I mean, people probably think it's morbid, but who cares? I think because of what it was, it seems morbid. Like, I went to a random cemetery. Well, not random, but what seems like to be a random cemetery. Found the grave of one of my favorite musicians of all time. And I just stood there for a couple minutes. And it was a little cold. But how many times do people go to, like, Kennedy's grave? Or, you know, go to Graceland for Elvis? There's all these, like, really big uh, tombs or grave sites where there, there is the fa- that fanfare. Oh, so-and-so is buried over here. Come come see so-and-so. Yeah. Like, I think that's the weird thing. Like, this wasn't necessarily meant for tourism, but obviously you can go. There was no no uh, gate or right. anything. So people are welcome to do it. So I think that's the weird thing that divides it. The only weird thing that <laughs> this is I bring Jerry back into it. So being in Memphis – you know, Jerry doesn't do anything all day. And we, we it, when I get done you know, doing my work at home job, you know, we should hang out. So one place we went after lunch was the actual burial site that Jerry is going to be laid to rest when yep. he does pass away. And it's uh, obviously in Memphis next to Isaac Hayes in the cemetery. And just we were driving in the car, him and I, and he 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 asked me, let's go see it. And I'm like, oh, OK, so here we are. We pull up to like the spot where Jerry is going to be laid to rest. You know, it, there's Isaac Hayes with a huge, it's like, it's like a 10 foot by three or four feet, um, you know, huge bronze cover of the grave. And it has like images of Isaac Hayes on it. And, you know, one big, you know, describing who he was and what he did. And I guess Jerry has the same thing going to be made when he passes away. He's going to have a huge bronze cover and, you know, images of Lawler throughout his career and a little bio, whatever. And right now it's just a patch of grass and I'm, I'm standing there and, you know, obviously Jerry is a good friend of mine, but like, you know, Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, like, I mean, any Attitude Era fanboy is, is marking out, just hanging out with them. But like, here I am, this is where Jerry's going to be laid the rest when he passes away and we're standing right on the grave of where he's going to be laid to rest. That was a little weird, even for me. And I'm, I don't get weirded out that much, but, um, to stand at the future gravesite of one of the wrestling's legends with him while we're just standing there. <laughs> it's extremely weird. And like, it doesn't phase him at all. Like it didn't weird him out or anything. He's like, Oh, this would be a patch of grass. But, uh, it's, that was weird for me. It's almost like, I don't know whether it's better or worse than when you have like a married couple and one of them passes away. So they, you know, obviously the gravestones made and then you have your name. If you're the one that's still alive, like you have their name and they're born. And like, you're basically looking at waiting for the death date. Like yeah, you weird. are not only at where you're eventually going to be buried, but your headstone is already half done. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where I'm going to be at or what. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, it's not even gotten in my mind. I mean, I'm 35 years old and I haven't really, even I, mean, I haven't even thought about it one time. So uh, that's I don't know. That's I mean that's good to go there and to visit your loved one that has passed away and you see your name and you see the di- the year that you were born and then you see the the dash and then the big empty spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, geez, I'm getting a little bit chilly, a little chills <laughs> up and up and down my my spine. Yeah, the let's move, we can move on to another topic, man. But yeah. <laughs> the, so. It's kind of cool because I've got to name drop you to like different people. 
Oh boy, the, it, I don't know. I don't know if this is cool or a mistake <laughs> or what the reaction was well, from these people. Well, the the two that off the top of my head were the Miz okay. and Jerry Lawler. And I tried to joke with Jerry Lawler. I'm like, yeah, we have we have something unfortunately in common or something like that. I'm like, we're both friends with Glenn Moore. And I was just like putting it as a kind of a joke, like, ah, like we're both friends with Glenn. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, nice. Glenn's a good guy. And I'm like, I know, man. I'm just fucking with you. Like, but then I, when I dropped it, the name to Miz, that was, he was kind of like, oh, cool. Because the thing is with Miz, when I met him, I was wearing a hashtag heel hoodie. Mm-hmm. And he noticed it. And he's like, hmm, Dolph Ziggler. And I'm like, yeah, I like the hoodie. <laughs> it's At that point, it was oh. old. It was like yeah. four years old. It was thin as shit. It was just, a, I think, a cold day. That's why I wore it amongst other other hoodies. But yeah, so I had fun like dropping my your name to them. I think uh, oh Stepe, but you told me you're like drop my name to Stepe. Yeah, he don't. Yeah, Stepe. I've known him for geez, it's gonna be almost twenty years. And then uh, Miz, you know, I met Miz around the same time as Jerry. Become friends with them. So, I mean, I guess it's cool. You can name drop. I mean, as long as they didn't say anything bad about me, I guess that's pretty cool. Nobody said anything bad yet. Not yet. Yeah. No. There'll be one. <laughs> There's probably people out there, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's not people we we have to get into. But I first met you, it was the This Is Awesome Wrestling Show. Mm, what's that? <laughs> it it's, should be in a cemetery somewhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, that's I, sad. I, I, I miss that show. Like, in... The thing that's like not talked about enough for those who did listen, like just as it was about to like turn a corner, like it disappeared. Yeah. Like wasn't that actually wasn't the the turn corner episode episode one hundred? I mean, there was a couple. I mean, we started off hot early. I mean, we yeah. you know first guest Jerry Lawler. Uh, it obviously was my connection to get Jerry on the show. So we had. He said a couple things that were newsworthy and got us a ton of downloads. And then, like, episode six was Seth Rollins. And, uh, you know, so we're getting Seth Rollins. You know, it blew up after that. And then, um, you know, we got a sponsor, uh, Wilbur Grill, who paid for our WrestleMania trip. They go to WrestleMania. They pay for the hotel. They give us spending money, pay for airfare for us to go from Cleveland, uh, myself and Steve Guy, uh, to go to Cleveland, to San Francisco, or San Jose, to interview people at WrestleMania Access, and everything was paid for, which was amazing. So, and then, like, you know, before that, we had um, NXT media passes. So, we were only people interviewing anybody backstage at NXT. Got Sasha Banks, Kevin Owens, Corey Graves, um, you know, hanging out with Neville. So, I mean, it was, I mean, we started that. That was, you know, episode one was October uh, 2014. So, by April 2015, I mean, we were sitting in a hotel room, everything paid for WrestleMania, uh, getting interviews and going back, you know, at access with WWE's media credentials and doing that. I mean, uh, we, we started off hot, maybe, maybe a little bit too hot because after that it kind of plateaued and then we went more towards the indie scene with John Thorne and AIW going backstage and interviewing people. Um, and then trying to get interviews uh, over the phone. Um, a lot of hard work went to this. I mean, obviously, you know, do what it takes to, uh, you know, get a podcast going and get more more ears to listening to it. And then um, so, you know, the hard work that goes into it um, and just, um, you know, by the time 2000 end of 2016 came around for episode 100, um, you would think that it would be a celebratory 
event for a podcast, but it was more kind of like the uh, kind of like the, the final poke into it to, to kill it. And then the studio went away, the Sealy sound, you know, there was no static studio for um, for the show. And at the time I was co-hosting the card is going to do on a change with AIW with uh, Thorne and at the time, uh, you know, Biggins and, um, you know, there was no static studio because they were recording where this is Austin Wrestling Show was recording. And it became a rift between Thorne. I mean, Thorne, because he needed a place to record and I couldn't provide it anymore. So they cut me out from co-hosting just like that. And, uh, you know, did their thing with Steve or uh, recorded. They got some stuff from Coca Cabana recording equipment uh, advice from him. And they, um, you know, recording in a house somewhere, I guess, or something like that. Or Denny's or whatever they record uh, the podcast. And then I was uh, I was out. And then I tried to re try to get This Is Awesome back with uh, Gregory Iron to be a co-host, and then Aaron Seacrest to be uh, to, to be a co-host. And we did one show together, and I thought it went great. Like we even did like a test run. And if we, I was able to kind of reincarnate This Is Awesome Wrestling show with myself, Gregory Iron, and Aaron Seacrest, dude. That show. We probably could have done some things, but we didn't have a static studio. And um, when there's no studio and no no static place to do it, I think it takes away from, you know, that professionalism. Um, kind of when you go into a studio to record instead of recording at someone's house or you're doing it in a random spot. When you, when you know you can go there, sit down, do your thing and have a good show, I think it improves it, you know, overall. Um, but without a static studio, it, was, it just became hard and it just kind of faded away. And geez, I think I did three or four episodes every six months and it just got to the point where I, I need to kill this. I just need to, to put it down officially. And that's what happened, uh, I think late last year. Yeah, I was, not only was I sad to see it go, but like, even when those random episodes would pop up or, you know, we get this like, all right, it's going to get revived. Like I, I kind of like, <laughs> I, I held on hope because it, I, it, in itself, it was like something different. I mean, I didn't, I was happy that you guys did start to get away from more of the, the WWE reviews because those type of podcasts and like I used to do one. Like those have just saturated the market, and it's yeah. it's to the point where I look at them like if you're not somebody that's making money off it off your first episode, like don't even try unless you want to do it to get your feet wet. Like okay, I wanna I wanna dabble in some I wanna dabble in podcasts, and let me start off with talking WWE, talking Raw and SmackDown, and then eventually you need to get away from it because. You're not going to get any traction. Nobody's going to fucking listen to you because why should they listen to some random nobody when everybody's doing those shows who are also random nobodies? And you have people who are actually somebody making money off of it. And they're the ones that people are going to want to listen to because those are those are uh, credible sources. Like you're just nobody. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and like, you know, we started off so hot with. Yeah. With doing with uh, with with doing WB reviews and concentrating more on wwe because we got the sponsorship we were able to get interviews with you know wwe talent nxt talent yeah and so we we we, we kept with that because we thought that was the you know the the right ingredient for for the show but um i'm glad that we were able to kind of switch for most of the time to go to uh like interviewing and uh you know aiw talent and up and coming because we interviewed a ton of people that are now on raw and smackdown yeah, 
and we're just you know going through the indie scene and now on 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 raw and smackdown and i still have you know all the this is awesome wrestling show um episodes up there and we still get a ton of downloads for those people who are googling um the people that are in you know smackdown or nxt because or, or raw because they don't know who they are yeah um you know, we're still, we still get a lot of plays for for those episodes, which is great because I think when they were in AIW and not really well known, they're more open about their life. They're more open about what's going on with their career or what happened. Yeah. And I think if you really want to know a wrestler, that's when you want to you know talk to them or listen to an interview because you'll hear things that they won't delve into when they are a known star now. Especially when they tell you to rock that beautiful body. <laughs> Rhonda. Well, Rhonda was she's old now. Everybody knows who she is, but <laughs> that's an experience I'll never ever forget. That was probably one of my favorite nights ever. Yeah, like dude. I've I've explained it, to people, but like you you were the one that was there with me. It was you were telling me like come downstairs now. Yeah. Crazy thing is like I was more content on trying to meet Noel and Frank the Clown that I did later on at WrestleCon. Yeah. But because I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna meet Rhonda. Like, there's no way. And you're just like, dude, come downstairs, just met, talk to Thorn. Like, all you have to do is ask him, and it'll be fine. Yeah. So then I like finally, and he's like, yeah, go ahead, man. So, like, we're sitting there, we're talking to Ron, and this was after I think the whole rock that beautiful body thing. Like, I wasn't downstairs for that point, but like, we're there talking with her about random stuff. Like, I don't even remember. She did compliment my shirt. Which was a This Is Awesome Wrestling Show shirt. I think you got a pop out of that. <laughs> and then, like, Shayna comes down along with Jessamine. And then, like, I'm standing there talking to three of the four horsewomen. I mentioned my friend, Jessica I. And they all meant, like, say, like, oh, yeah, like, we're really rooting for her and her fight tomorrow. Because that was right before the Cleveland UFC show. And then <clears throat> there was, we started talking about Natalia who's one of my favorite female wrestlers ever. And all like, boom, I'm, we're having a conversation about Natalia. This is all like in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. No pun intended. Then you come downstairs. You're like, dude, Tyson kids upstairs. Like, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, I'm just, we're talking about, Nat- you're telling me he's upstairs. She's like, yeah, go upstairs. And like, there he is like talking with, it was like cold or somebody. And I, like, I managed to get a pick with him. And, but I know me, Thorne, and, like, a bunch of other people. Like, we became the coolest among our non-wrestling friends mm-hmm. because of that picture. Like, anybody who got that picture with, with Rondo all of a sudden became extra cool to non-wrestling fans. Like, that was just a fun, fun fucking night. Dude, that night almost didn't happen, too. It, was, yeah, it almost yeah. was ruined in the parking lot when <laughs> Rhonda came to Mount Carmel Hours before the show even happened, the drop off Shayna. I mean, um, can we say who did it? <laughs> can we? Yeah, can we call the, him up? Justin Doan, I think, is the guy. He ran up to the car where Rhonda, because they she pulled in the back to drop off Shayna uh, for the show, and Rhonda was going to come back. Well, it wasn't no. It, Thorne didn't know if she was going to come back. I think. Um, Rhonda told Shayna that she was, she was going to feel it out see how, you know, what, what it was, the vibe was like. And it wasn't a sure thing that Rhonda was going to be backstage at AIW until like last second. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, Rhonda comes up, I think they're in this huge SUV, um, you know, they pull up and I, I think, you know, Shayna came out and somehow, you know, fans saw Rhonda that were already out in the parking lot at Mark Carmel and what Justin ran up to the car. 
like sprinted to the car to try, <laughs> to try to get a picture or an autograph yeah. for Rhonda, and Rhonda zoomed out there. So after that happened, the vibe in the building, because I was you know in the building, was that oh my god, Rhonda is not going to come back. Why would Rhonda come back when this you know literally happened when she pulled into the place? Yeah. Let alone a, a full gym, full parking lot, full of you know people like. She's not going to come back. Like, it's not going to happen. And Shannon kept saying, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, all of a sudden, someone told me I was doing commentary for certain matches. And before I was doing commentary for one match, um, someone said, oh, Rhonda's coming. We need you. And, um, oh, my God, I forget his name. And I really should not forget. You know, the big dude security guy for AIW. Joe Norris. Joe Norris, I'm sorry, Joe, don't hurt me. Um, we, he, he needed, he's, Joe would come up to me and says, we need you and I to go out there and, uh, you know, kind of be like the barrier. So, you know, anybody sees Rhonda, they're not running up to her. And she doesn't feel like, you know, bombarded by people yeah. if she does get seen. But so I guess she came through the front. Um, people don't realize, like, the what, they're not in Mark Carmel anymore. But the gorilla position of Mark Carmel, right behind the AIW setup, there's a set of stairs that go straight down the locker room. There's not really a gorilla position so to speak it's just a stairwell and there's a door that leads out to the front of Mount Carmel so I think she pulled up got in the building easily no one saw her and then somebody parked the car for her but uh dude that was a that was a great night and she was so open she took every single photo with a smile on her face yeah you know she was even with Justin Doan yep (laughs) yep yep even she was drinking you know she's having some beers and I think I took a photo with her and I tweeted out you know hey with Ronda Rousey and I was standing next to her and she goes are you tweeting that out I'm like yeah she goes no <laughs> no one's supposed to know. I, I was already out there, and I had, you know, a ton of uh, likes already. I'm like, oh, I got deleted, it. so I deleted it. Um, but Rhonda wasn't happy, so I thought my evening was ruined with Rhonda because she was not too pleased that I tweeted out the photo already. Because I guess you weren't supposed to, but I didn't get that memo. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know the plan for her for for that evening, so I didn't know it would be a surprise or or whatnot. But uh, she's had some. She was telling some stories about crazy stalker dudes. Yeah, uh, I remember coming I remember to her, her house, especially like on Christmas or something, like knocking the st- straight up knocking on the door. So I guess she she also didn't want to let people know where she was at to where you know she was going to be for a few hours for people to come and try to track her down. Especially with like UFC being in Cleveland, you probably had oh, yeah. some crazy Ronda fans there. And they would be like, "Oh, she's in this place called Lakewood. Let me go down to what's this Our Lady of Mount Carmel and." Yeah, go check her out. But that was a great night, dude. The crowd was hot. You know, you had a lot of you know people there. Like you mentioned, Tyson Kidd. A lot of you know notable faces were there for horse. I mean, it was just that was just a great, great night um, for wrestling fans that were there because they got to see Ronda, Shayna won, and they closed the show, and it got a lot of pub for uh, for AIW. I remember we when we were coming into that show, like you had kind of gave me a heads up. You're like, yeah. Rhonda's like coming, but there's like a, they're not posting about it. She's not posting about it. Like, it's kind of like this, she's coming with Jessamine and uh, Shayna. So, uh, like, don't say anything. And then, like, all all, definitely all that shit happened. But I I can't remember if it was the day before or that day you're like, at the end of the match, just start filming. And I was like, okay. No, I I don't think it was day before. That thing was set. Nothing was you told in, you told me at some point. I don't remember when you're just like when the match is over, just keep just huh. keep filming. Maybe maybe John told me something like that, that if she was going to come, that's what they're going to do. 
and they're going to wait to see if she was she was cool with it when she got there to feel the vibe out because they technically weren't allowed you know she's on a contract ufc she can't say she's somewhere or you know promote or i guess without ufc approving so if she came out like that as a fan this is a regular person you know it's no big deal but um yeah but i would i i know i tipped you off before because i I know he wanted to catch it because when she did come out it was it was for you know three or four seconds and then she was gone so uh but yeah it was dude that was a fun and i was right behind there like they were she was sitting there with um uh with uh, with, uh, with 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 a couple of people like sitting there right behind the curtain and she was peeking through the curtain to watch you know Shayna's match mm-hmm. and uh I was just standing right right with her and we were watching the match all all three of us and I'm like wow this is freaking amazing and then she goes out there and then she's asking how I do was it was it okay was it okay to um to Aaron Bauer because Aaron was kind of in charge of telling her you know what to do um they want to go out and stuff so uh dude that was that was that was a fun night that, that especially in that small gym that was packed with people mm-hmm. and people popped loud. And it was just, uh, that was, that was a good night, man. Like you said, like who's who in the crowd. Um, I think it's crazy too. Just, you know, just recently at WWE elimination chamber, we had Rhonda versus Ruby riot, formerly known as Heidi Loveless, who Shayna beat that night. That's yeah. something that like ran through my mind during that match. Like, wow, who, I can't say who would have thought whether I knew at that point or not, I knew Heidi was destined for something because she was on the upswing for a year or two before that, probably maybe even longer than that. And she got like, that was part of life when she lost that title. That was like one of her second to last AIW matches. I think she had one more rematch for the title and that was it. I mean, I saw Rhonda a few weeks ago at backstage, uh, Memphis over I was with Jerry and, um, I asked her, I'm like, you know, you probably don't remember me. And I'm like, I'm from Cleveland. And, you know, we, we hung out a lot backstage at AIW. And she looked at me and she remembered. And I'm like, you chopped me across the chest. And she goes, oh, yeah. And she goes, she looked at me like dead serious. Like the smile went from like a Rhonda smile to like when she gets serious, like in her promos. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, she goes, I think about that night all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's awesome. So it just awesome to see where she, you know, where she is now. And, um, you know, you know, nice to know that she doesn't forget that night. Kind of maybe that maybe that night, you know, even, you know, the fire grew inside of her to to, to be a professional wrestler. And, you know, AIW helped and the fans that night helped because uh, she knew that she could probably excel and live out her dream of being a professional wrestler. I knew like before that moment and before Shayna became uh, an AIW regular for a short amount of time that actually was. I was kind of a, a Ronda critic. And then after, after meeting her, it really like changed my opinion on her. I'm like, she's a lot more down the earth than probably what someone of her stature would be. Because yeah. just r- literally being the face of the UFC for quite a while, like she didn't have to be as nice as she was. And I've, I don't know if, you know, if she's different elsewhere, but I don't know. She was cool as shit that night. Put on a like big smile when we took the picture, and like I had a con- like cool conversation with her about Jess. So I'm like, ah, eh. anything I ever thought negative about you was just completely changed. And like when she came to day, uh, the WWE, I was full for it. And a lot of people are like, whoa, she hasn't earned. And I'm like, ah, you're stop it, just stop it. But then again, I've heard fans also bitch about like Shayna. 
Yeah. Like, like Shayna's not good or Shayna, she, she just got to where she's at because of her friend. I'm like, did, did, did you watch her in Independence? Like, I didn't yeah. watch her everywhere, but she did shit that she didn't have to. If she was that kind of person, she would have got, you know, just signed to NXT. But no, she went out and proved herself. Yeah. And it's, it's it might, you know, the internet is a toxic place. It's just awful. And they jump on something before learning about the facts, and especially this Corey Graves stuff that's going on. You know, they jump on it, and then they, and when they say nasty stuff, there's no apology. You know, they get off the hook when they're proved wrong. You know, it's just I, I hate it, and it's easy to criticize somebody, but then when you meet them, you know, obviously they're going to fan out and 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 be a fan of the person that mm. they're been criticizing. But like, it's just people forget that. When they bash people on social media and they bash bash a wrestler or entertainer or whoever it is, that person's a real person. You know, they they have a life just like you and I. And I'm sure your opinion would change of that person if you ever met them. And it's it's great to hear that. You know, I know you never would bash Ronda Rousey. I mean, you're a critic. I I feel like you would be a respected. I know I know who you are. So I know I know you're not like a troll. So it's 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 good to hear that when you meet somebody that is 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 a celebrity. And you have a certain opinion about them, and you meet them, and you realize that they're a down-to-earth person, a good person, that your opinion changes and changes about them. Because I wish people would people would think of that when before they would send a hate tweet out or they go personal at somebody not knowing all the facts is that, hey, just because they're in the limelight and they're a celebrity doesn't mean they have problems at home or tribulations or they're going through a rough time personally. And for you to bring light to something or make fun of them or people that are surrounding them, it's just – just wrong it's just terribly wrong and i think the internet needs to stop doing that just put it put it simply it's just it's a toxic place because i see like you know tweets you know when when jerry and i went to a donald trump rally okay and jerry got death threats and you should have seen the tweets that people were sending jerry it was uh, we're sitting there and he's you know showing me his phone of what people were saying just because he went to a rally that they oppose i get it you have the opinion to oppose but to send death threats and make jokes and, and go at, ask someone personally just because you don't like their choice of you know political affiliation, it's like, who are you? Like, what was wrong in your life that you have to say those kind of things on a public forum? I it's just mind boggling. In I think in the past decade, a lot of people have taken politics to the extreme. I mean, this was going on in like in the Obama administration too, or you know, if you you know display that maybe you were a liberal, you're a Democrat, you went you know, or however that be, like you like there were people on the other side that attacked you, and now it's like the same thing. And I I don't understand that mindset from from either side. I try to be fair and. Like, try not to over judge shit, like, especially when it comes to, like, political. I'm like, I don't, like, I think I've, I've had people ask me because they know that I'm friends with you. And, like, obviously with you connected to Jerry. And they're like, well, what, what do you think about that? I'm like, I, do I agree with him? No. But what does that matter? Like, that's not the point. Like, I don't agree with people. Like, I'm not friends with people because of, like, political beliefs. That's. Exactly. Like, that's, that's my, that's definitely my own personal thing. And I bet that I know there's people that they're like, well, if, you know, you voted for, for Trump, like, I don't like you. And I'm like, well, I voted for Obama. And I know there's people that don't like that. I mean, if you don't like that, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I'm going to live the next however many years Trump is president the same way I did as Obama was president and pretty much the same way I did as Bush was president. But 
I try not to get into too much politics shit here, but uh, well, if you want to mix like wrestling with the politics, it's <laughs> like when AJ Styles went on that conservative podcast or conservative show, and you instantly people say, "Oh, I'm not a fan of AJ Styles anymore. I was a fan of his. No, I'm not." It's like, what does his in ring ability have to do with anything politics wise? He has the freedom and uh, newsflash for people who are fans of WWE wrestlers. I would say 80% of them are conservatives, hardcore conservatives, because they don't like their money being taken away from them. So they're obviously conservatives. So, I mean, it's – so you're most likely your favorite wrestler is a conservative, just putting it out there. Uh, but it's just – it's crazy how people would, you know, do a 180 on, just because of their political aff- uh, affiliation. It's just – it's and the hateful things they say. It's not even saying, okay, I don't agree with you on your politics. Like, I, I – I'm not going to be not be friends with you, Justin, because you don't agree with who I vote for. Like, yeah. And even Barack Obama follows me on Twitter. I never followed him in my life. <laughs> and, and, and I never. And I mean, I follow Trump and I follow, you know, some conservative people. But, um, you know, he follows me on Twitter. I'm sure he didn't do it personally. And, you know, oh, Glenn Moore, I'm going to follow him. But uh, like Ronda uh, Rousey followed you. Like Ronda. Well, I saw Ronda, Ronda do it. She did it in person. <laughs> I was there, too, yeah. actually. Uh, I think I but was. it's just it's just crazy. It's just like I said, the internet is a toxic place. It's just um it's sad. It it's sad that just because people can't be held accountable for what they say on the internet ninety nine percent of the time, they think they can get away with it. They really shouldn't be able to get away with it, but they do. You can make egg accounts, you can say whatever you want, but it's just sad. Sad people, sad trolls, Justin, sad trolls. I know I experienced this a little bit, like also when we became friends, and it was right around the time that everything happened with Jerry and his. Uh, they're not married yet, right? Yeah, fiance. fiance. Officially fiance. Yeah, but when all that shit happened, like I was in kind of like a private, like kind of like chat room with some friends, and there were some that are just like so anti Jerry. Like I know there's stories about him and all this stuff, but literally. I went back to something I recorded around that time to remember what was said, but there was like a, this one dude who was just like, well, he got out of jail because he's he's a celebrity and trying to say like, like basically saying he was guilty. Mm-hmm. And like there's stories that I'm not going to necessarily get into because it's, it's none of my business, but you kind of told me a story about Jerry and how he, he was with Brian during a certain incident. And I'm just like, if he was like this towards his son, why do you think he would – do that to his to his uh, fiance. Like, no. And if he got out of jail because him being a celebrity, then how did he get in jail? Because exactly. you wouldn't go into jail because like you're just like you want to go, okay, I don't like Lawler. Okay, fine, whatever. Like I kind of had that mindset too for a while, just but he's he did do a lot of great. There was like probably a period where maybe Lawler just wasn't as as fresh anymore. But I don't know if that time passed. There was also a time that Cole was like really bad. Yeah, but it's I don't hold that it's, against him. I mean, and you yeah. And the thing is, people still hold that incident against Jerry all the time. They bring up that he is he beats he beats somebody. Why are WWE employing people who beat people? It's like, first of all, he didn't beat anybody that an incident. Uh, they just didn't find anybody at fault. So they took both in the jail, which usually happens when they don't know who is the one that is at fault. They take both in the jail. There's no evidence against each other one. There's arguing back and forth and say, well, if one of you are not, not going to take responsibility, both of you are going downtown. So that's yeah. what happened. And obviously it was thrown out a couple of days later. Yeah. Um, 
So it, and people still say that he was a he's, he beat he beat a woman. It's it's not even the case. People are just stupid and dumb. And I mean, it's just people roll with things and they want their own agenda being pushed. And it's just wrong. It's like I said, it's just a toxic place. But yeah, it's um, it's sad. It's really sad. Speaking of toxic places, thing that I want to get into before we end the show, we get into the fave five questions. I want to talk about the Browns. The Browns. That. It's how's that toxic? How's that toxic? Because of the history we've had. Well, the history, but I mean, it's looking, it's looking bright. That's that's future. that's why it's as we're recording this. It's February. This will come out early March. Like I've never wanted to talk Browns football at the beginning of the off season. Maybe when you get like after the draft and you know all that. Like maybe around May, June. Like let's talk football. But I don't know. Like this is just this is amazing. I love. Like, what's going on in the culture for the first time in a very long time feels like it's changing. It's um, it's great to be here. We are on the offseason and we're not talking about who the Browns are going to pick with their first top pick in the draft. Like, it's right? it's amazing. <laughs> like, it can go, I mean, they're sitting what 17th. I think they can go either way. I mean, they can go a bunch of ways, but we're not sitting here talking about the Browns Super Bowl, which is the NFL draft for years and years. So. That's great, and you're, we were talking about you know you're talking about signing guys or you know you trading trying to get trading for you know for Beckham or for uh, for Antonio Brown. I mean it's um it, it's a great time to be a Browns fan, but um it can only go up from from here with Baker and trying to get some more pieces surrounding him. You know Kareem Hunt, which people are gonna you know complain about. Uh, I get it. I I it was a head scratcher for me too, but. You just look on paper, football. We're not talking about personal off the field. Yeah. You look at the at the paper, the roster, the paper roster of the Browns, and you add Kareem Hunt to that. No matter if he's going to play six games or four games, whatever he's you know going through, dude. You have him and Nick Chubb in the backfield mm-hmm. with Duke, Duke Johnson too. If he if you know he's still there, you you have Landry Callaway was starting to come through. Higgins was starting to come through towards the end of the year and with Baker Mayfield. Maybe you draft some offensive line pieces. That defense, you add some more pieces to them. Hopefully, guys stay healthy. I mean, there's no reason why they can't compete for the North. I think we're we're definitely competing for the North. It's my big question is like how the rest of the division will pan out because I feel like as a division we're kind of all a wild card because we're on the, our way up for the first time in a very long time. The Steelers are like they miss the playoffs. And they're just in a bunch of turmoil. Are they going to be able to bounce back? How many years does Roethlisberger have? Ravens look like they were nosediving midseason. And then Lamar Jackson takes over and he's killing it. So it's like, okay, they might be on the bounce back. They might, they could have a step forward, but they can also have a step back. And then the Bengals finally getting rid of Marvin Lewis. They probably going to be a couple of years, but, you know, still a wild card of what like what we're all going to do and god I just I say this with everybody that I talk with about Browns football I just want one year that we finish over the Steelers. Yeah. If yeah. we can get a year where they're in fourth place, oh just, that that's that's the dream. That's the real dream. Or even, you know, coming down to, you know, a week 17 face off against the you know the Steelers, Browns Steelers and the winner goes to the playoffs. Like yeah. that would be, you know, epic in itself. Um, you know, and I hate putting win predictions, you know, especially this early. You don't know who they're drafted. You don't know who they're going to sign. But, I mean, yeah. 
just the way that Baker Mayfield has you know transformed this team into a possible contender just in one year. And like like I said, we don't know if how teams are going to adjust to Baker Mayfield. You know, now they have they have film on him. You know, will they be able to adjust? You know, there are some halves that he did not play well, and there were some games that he played extremely well. Yeah. So he still, you know, will that sophomore slump, you know, come about for him? But man, if he can, you know, just keep improving little by little, mm-hmm. and you get some, you know, some stronger pieces around him, Kareem Hunt helps, dude. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's promising. It's a lot promising than we were one year ago today. Justin. It's a lot pro- more promising than when we drafted the guy that I thought was going to be the best, Johnny Manziel. The, I was never a fan of Johnny Manziel. I, here's the thing. I will always defend why I liked him. Because why I like him, liked him, past tense, is why I like um, Baker. Baker Mayfield. Like, But the difference between them is something that I didn't see. Is and I know I've explained this on the podcast before that you have Johnny Manziel was cocky, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is confident. They are very similar, like on the surface, but when pressure comes in, cocky will fo- can fold most likely with Manziel. It, he did fold. Confident will go out there, throw an interception, and come right back out and throw do the exact same play, throw the exact same pass without hesitation. That is why I love Baker Mayfield. I wanted a guy with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. I felt like that was Manziel. Like I wanted someone kind of like a Jim McMahon for the Bears, someone who was just a little bit different. I didn't want the 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 poster boy, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, like which granted I wanted those stats wise. I didn't want that kind of attitude for a quarterback. Like, I love the picture from the Redskins preseason game where he's, uh, Johnny Manziel was flicking off the side, the Redskins sideline. Love that. Yeah. We get that with Baker. And I kind of, like I said, I look back at him like, I would never want to draft Manziel again. But hey, I know why I liked him. And definitely, it's basically to Johnny Manziel is the dollar store version of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's true. And the one thing about, for me, when I compare the two, is that Baker Mayfield has been told no before. Johnny Manziel has always been told yes. Oh, you can do that. He is like the kid that has the rich parents that you know is going, to, is going to succeed his abilities, but he doesn't have to do anything extra because you know his parents are going to be there, and he's always going to be number one. So he doesn't have to do the off, you know, the the the. Uh, go in the film room and do the extra work that like a guy like Baker Mayfield is going to do because he's been told no, you know, no, I can be able to start here, you know, go somewhere else. No, you know, you're not going to be a good pl- you know, player in the NFL. You know, Menzel was always told, Oh yeah. All, all the yes men around him, you know, Baker, he uses that no to on his field on the field and being confident in his ability because he knows he can do it. Menzel, you know, he would go to practice and not know the place. Mm-hmm. He, he he never did. He never did the off the work stuff, the off the field stuff. It was always, oh, you know, I, I got away with this in college and high school of just going out and yep. playing. In the NFL, you can't do that. The, you know, the the true uh, cream of the crop rises when it, when you go to the NFL, and he just he just wasn't good, just not good at all. Yeah, Baker Mayfield was studying day one, and it's it's crazy because I remember when when we drafted Baker. 
that's not necessarily what I wanted. Like, I, I forget what I want. I think I wanted uh, Saquon. That's who I, I wanted to, for them to pick number one. How everything worked out, I would much rather have in this one. I even think I even the night we drafted Baker, I went, I don't really like it. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm just not like excited for it. But I also wanted them to draft Johnny Manziel, and I got my wish, and that turned out to be garbage. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> I remember. So I, I was working for the Plain Dealer at Cleveland.com, and I was I was at the Browns facility on draft night 2014. And we were doing like a live show and like when the Browns made a pick because they had two picks. When the Browns made a pick, we would go on and talk and come on, you know, live video stream for the show. So in between, I was actually sitting in the Browns locker room with the equipment manager, Brad Mellon, who is a friends with Jerry. And I met him through Jerry. So I was sitting with Brad and his son in the Browns locker room. And then I had I was getting tipped off about the about the NFL picks. So it was like a pick before the Browns. Manziel was there, and I get a text that the Browns were taking Manziel. And I told, you know, the equipment manager for the Browns, Brad, I'm like, oh, my God, Browns are taking Manziel. He goes, no, they're not. No, Browns aren't taking Manziel. I show him my phone. He goes, oh, my God. And he goes, we got to get to work. <laughs> so then you know, Manziel's picked, and, you know, Manziel was there the next day. Um, it was just crazy, crazy time. I mean, it with the bosses that I work for at the playing dealer, they didn't care about Manziel, the player. They just knew if you put Johnny Manziel name in the headline or, or you know, SEO for social media, uh, you know, search uh, engine optimization, a ton of clicks. And we got a ton of traffic, um, you know, from Johnny Manziel articles. We try to, you know, if, if someone got murdered in Lakewood, we try to put Johnny Manziel in the headline because we know that, People are going to search Johnny Menzel's name as the story is going to pop up. But, um, I mean, he added that he added, you know, all the eyes to Cleveland. It's just that it didn't pan out. But he did bring some attention. He made a lot of money off jersey sales, right? Yeah, I bought one. <laughs> of course you did. I bought two. I've bought, well, prior to buying my personalized one, I bought two. One was Josh Cribbs. That is currently sitting beside me, or beside me, behind me, hanging up autographed twice and then the manzel jersey i had my own name put over that one even though wow. i at that point i had already bought the high uh, high-end version of the personalized jersey so now mm-hmm. i wear mine and my girlfriend wears the former manzel jersey because that that thing just literally sat in a drawer after he got drafted i have a personal rule i will not wear a jersey of a player who no longer plays on the team. If they're a Hall of Fame player or something, like, that's different. Or if they're retired, that's different. But as soon as Mansell, like, we got rid of him. I'm like, yeah, I'm not wearing that ever again. I don't care. So that had to get replaced, sadly. <laughs> Oddly enough, too, the night of the draft, I can tell you exactly where I was. Mm. I was, this was the address, 5660 Universal Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. What? I was in uh, one of uh, a drop yard that we used to use for the one company I was a part of. And I was grabbing a trailer and I was about to head to, I can't remember where I want to say, maybe might have been Nebraska. Had to go to a Walmart hub. But I was getting ready to leave, listening to XM radio. And they were like, you know, the Browns have just traded up. And I'm like, no, are we getting them? Is this going to be him? And then they announced it. And I freaked the fuck out. 
because I was so excited. I was like pumped for the for the rest of my drive that night, driving as far wherever I freaking drove to. But yeah, <sighs> I it was crazy. It was like the Beatles came to town. I mean, I had to go the next day to Brown's facility to cover his introductory press conference, and like you know, the people were waiting outside, and he pulled up and he got out of the car and waved to everybody. It was it felt like the Beatles were in town when. Menzel hit, and everybody in media, every who's who of media, came to Cleveland uh, to to cover that press conference. The press, the, the the press room was completely packed, standing room only. But like I said, didn't pan out. Yeah, but the going back to where we are now with the Browns, it's just like I said, I've never been this hyped for a season in a while. Like like you even said too, like we're not really looking at the draft, like. Obviously, I want us to have a good draft. We've had a, oh, yeah. I think we've had like two really good drafts in a row, maybe three, definitely two. And I'm really excited to see where we we go from here. And this, even if they trade out, if they trade, well, if they trade out of the first round, I'll be kind of upset because my other team is the Bears and they don't even have a pick in the first round. So I'm only watching the first round for that Browns pick, and it's right in the fucking middle. I, uh, like I said, it's it's just nice to be able to sit here in middle of February and not have endless discussion about, oh, should the Browns take a quarterback? What are the Browns going to do with the second pick overall or the first pick overall? It's just, it's nice to just breathe and just not be able to focus on the biggest day in Browns, uh, you know, for the Browns of the year, which is a draft. It's just, it's very nice. It's very, it's different. I can get used to this. Hopefully we – I want to go to the playoffs next year. I think that's like kind of my well, my hopes at. Well, you went over the, the north. I mean it's a possibility. It's definitely not out of the realm of mm-hmm. of it could happen. So, I mean, you laid it out earlier with what the AFC North looking like. I mean there's no reason why the Browns shouldn't be a contender uh, for the AFC North to get in. Not just you know, wild card, but to be a – you know, a, a division champion to, to get into the playoffs. I I think they should be a contender, if not the contender, when it comes down to uh, you know August September. I to, actually, I take that back. It's not. I don't want them to go to the playoffs. I mean, I do. That's not top huh. of my list. The top of my list is I want to beat Pittsburgh decisively in Pittsburgh. Mm. I want all their stars playing. I want. I don't want. I don't want this. Well, Ben Roethlisberger was injured, so it didn't. No, I want. Baker Mayfield to go into Heinz Field and be the first Browns quarterback to win there. Mm. That's probably number one on the list. And the, the crazy thing is, you know, Baker Mayfield has the same mindset right now. Like, oh, yeah, I want to go in there and I want to I want to rep this city and I want to bring us home the first fucking win. He's already breaking records. So let's, yeah. get, let's get after how long that fucking stadium's been there. Let's get the first win. I think the closest one we had was what 2007 when we lost by a field goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost won that one. But yeah, that's that's all I kind of want. If we could sweep, if we could sweep Pittsburgh, that's an added bonus. Oh my god, that would be great, and make the playoffs. Ooh, ooh, that'd be great. All right, let's uh, start to wrap this show up and let's get into the fave five questions. Ooh. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, and uh, start with start with this question. Is Chicago deep dish considered pizza? Um, yes. Okay. 
You're how do how do you feel about it versus New York? You've, you're a little bit more traveled than most. Um. Well, like I just love this is so I, I just love the thickness. I just love <laughs> it, just the layers upon layers. If you can give me a pizza that I had to eat with a fork, that's a good pizza, dude. <laughs> Same. Like there's people like you have to eat it with a fork or it's like lasagna. And I'm like, what's wrong with lasagna? I love lasagna. You're just adding a little bit more like dough. Like hell yeah, let's do it up. I love. I love deep. I'm a I'm a huge crust guy. Like I love a good crust. Like I, I have to have a thick crust. And and I love stuffed crust. But Pizza Hut has really dropped the ball on stuffed crust pizza um, for the last decade. It's just not enough cheese, not enough dough. Pizza Hut has gone down the tubes. Pizza Hut used to be one of my favorites. Now, not anymore. But I get it because I love stuffed crust pizza. But, like, I love dough. So when you get out of Chicago, you have all that crust. It's just – it's like dessert when you get to the end of the slice. I think it depends. I'm – I do – I love me some stuffed crust. But when it comes to crust in general, there always is a handful that I'm just like, eh, I could, I could do without this – pizza places crust but there's like other places i'm like oh no like theirs is good no matter what like i I'm think i'm not a big fan of domino's it's been a very long time since i've had their pizza i've always liked you know papa john's hungry howie's pizza hut's mm-hmm. okay too i think i just had one recently where i gave most of my crust to the dog but it just well, depends if you get domino's you have to get the pan pizza you can't get the regular pizza like the hand toss or whatever the hand toss sucks like they they suck too but the if you get a pan pizza even from papa john's papa john's pan pizza is excellent yeah. all right it's, it's good i will vouch for papa john's pan pizza only the pan pan pizza from domino's too is really good but papa john's pan pizza this came out with it like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. oh my god oh my god dude if you haven't tried it try it I think I've been more on a lot of the pizza places wings lately, and I just had Pizza Hut's the other night. There, it's it's the thing that I liked about them; they were bigger, much bigger than most places. So that was a thumbs up for them. I used to love Domino's wings when they only had one type of barbecue, but now they have like a bunch of different sauces, and it's just not the same. And I think Papa John's is okay. Papa John's wings are amazing. Yeah, Domino's are eh. Pizza Hut, I think they were awful. I never had a good wing from – a good order of wings from Pizza Hut, never. Papa John's, oh my god, dude. Like I don't know if it's because of the Lakewood location that I usually get Papa John's from. Dude, hella good. That place deserves five stars for their pizza pan – Papa John's pan pizza and their wings. They're just, I, I'm a drumstick guy, and all their drumsticks are like just huge. Like it's amazing. This is not a paid endorsement from Papa John's uh, in, in Lakewood. This is just me personally liking Papa John's pizza, pan pizza, and wings. This is a good transition for question number two. Wings, bone in or out? Oh, okay. If you're going to give me all drumsticks, bone in. If it's going to be more flats, which usually how the case is, is more flats than drumsticks, I'm going to go. I'm just going to get boneless. Really? You're one. You're actually the first person to even gives any type of battle for boneless because really yeah what, what's like, wrong what's wrong with boneless? boneless you just pop it in your i mean i know it's like a chicken nugget but i mean heck dude if you go to the right place you can get some big ass pieces of boneless to uh to chow down on there's nothing wrong with going to applebee's <laughs> and getting an order of what five dollar uh, appetizer for boneless wings get some honey barbecue on that what, what's wrong with that people hating on boneless it's more like 
it's it's just if you're just having a good time, you don't want to get your hands messy, and you want to enjoy some chicken. Why are people hating on boneless? I think it's because they're they're more like a, a chicken nugget, or I've even heard chicken tenders. I I kind of tend to agree with it. Like I prefer bone in. I like I actually like flats over drumsticks because oh I can God. just I could put those things in my mouth, take my teeth, and just rip the meat off. Oh, like I could slam down wings that way. They're a nuisance. They got two bones in those. You got cartridge <laughs> on each side. You got to worry about that. Like I get it. You could just pop them in and suck them off. Dry. I mean, I get it. But Jesus, it just it just seems sometimes or you know it just seems to be a nuisance more than a convenience. And the drumsticks, I mean, I can put down a lot of drumsticks. You give me drumsticks, I'll eat everything off that one little bone. But boneless, if you're having a nice night with your girl and you want some chicken. You know, just whatever. You don't want to make a mess or get your fingers all messy. I mean, what's wrong with bonus? It's just a boneless is just <laughs> like the rich people version of the bone and wing. What if it says the rich version of the chicken nuggets? That too, yes. But I feel like you, you could say, I'm going to have some wings. All right. And you can go and have some boneless wings and say, hey, I had some wings. All I know is Nick Gage said boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. So I tend to. Well, I'll fight Nick Cage over my over that. Good luck. Don't don't say that. Don't put this out there publicly. It's between me and you. I don't want Nick Cage cutting me down or challenging me to a match because I'll get my butt kicked. But when it comes to wings, Nick Cage, can we swear? Yeah. Fuck you, Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, here's actually a new question. This will be question number three, and I I, I tend to use this a lot more. It's it's been a discussion among friends for a while rank the fast food chicken nuggets between mcdonald's burger king and wendy so rank them from one to three three to one whatever wherever you want to do it mcdonald's number one okay wendy's number two burger king number three this question it's kind of a trap because i want i want someone to give me a reason why burger king should be one or two because I'm I'm much like you. That's my list. But there are people that like Wendy's over McDonald's. That's fine. Whatever whatever you choose. Mm-hmm. But it's that Burger King one because they're so. It's in between them being so bad, and just the other two being so good. Yeah, for so, that. I mean, I could tolerate getting some you know some nuggets from Burger King because they're so cheap. You get like what for eight for a buck or something, I guess. Yeah. But um, McDonald's just that breading. It's just. It's that recipe. I don't know what it is. The breading is really good. It's just the way it's cooked. I mean, I don't know. It's just – and Wendy's is good. I, You know, Wendy's – I'm a big honey mustard guy. So when you when I dip my Wendy's into the honey mustard, I think it changes the game a little bit for how I view Wendy's nuggets. But Burger King is just trash. Like I just – I don't get it. I don't get why Burger King I – love, I think Burger King fries are the best out of all those. I love Burger King fries. I always like Burger King fries. But when it comes to nuggets – yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, the thing that I, that holds me back from Wendy's is actually re- – I found this out recently. One of my favorite dipping sauces, and I don't do it all the time, but for nuggets is honey. There's- oh, my God. Oh, my God. You and I are like McDonald's chicken nuggets. If I get a dipping sauce, it's honey. Just straight honey. I don't. I don't get it all the time. Sometimes I'm more uh, sweet and sour. Sometimes it's uh, it is honey mustard. But mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about it. And I'm just like, yeah, you never got honey with with chicken nuggets, really? Oh so my God. the next time we went to go get nuggets was Wendy's, 
And I was, I, they asked me, like, when I won, I was like, honey, because I know they used to sell it. And I'm now saying used to because she looked at me like, what? You mean honey mustard? I'm like, no, honey. Like, the dipping sauce? Honey? Just honey? No, we don't have those. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. You guys got rid? Granted, I'm like, she probably wasn't even around. Like, whenever they got rid of it, I have no idea when. But what the fuck, Wendy's? And I think what it could be. I don't know the price of honey and everything. McDonald's, their dipping cup for honey was very small. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a shallow. You have to get, you know, 10 of those bad boys to even get your fill or even having a nice coating on each each nugget you eat from McDonald's for your honey. But, dude, honey, 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 honey mustard. That's my two dipping sauces for McDonald's nuggets. And, like, I ordered – I wanted to order McDonald's via Uber Eats when I was, like, traveling. And I wanted to get chicken nuggets. And I'm like, oh, they're probably not going to have an option for honey. They have all the options for everything else. You know, when you click, uh, you tap what sauce you want. And they had it for honey. So somebody in corporate enjoys honey with their chicken nuggets. I'm just glad that they had the option because – and you like it too. Mm-hmm. Honey, chicken nuggets is a game changer. It's like dipping your fries into a Frosty. It's just that hack that everybody should enjoy. Uh, question number four. This is another newer question. It's actually the only wrestling-related question that I have, and I, I think it's very polarizing. If you had to pick between these two genres of wrestling, which would you pick? Deathmatch or comedy? Oh, my God. They are uh-huh. such polar opposites, and I think they're two of the most polarizing. Yeah, because it's two of the most disliked rest, uh, portions of wrestling that I, you know, I, that for me personally, I don't really like either one. So if I had to pick one, I mean, like, what kind of comedy are we talking? Are we call, are we talking like Joey Ryan comedy or like Grado comedy? Com- they're both comedy. Oh, my God. Cole Cabana, comedy. Yeah, Space Monkey, like, comedy. Dick Justice, but the, comedy. But there's a there's a difference between like you know a Grado comedy match and then someone gra- someone grabbing someone's penis and acting like it's like a force. Like that's just stupid. Like I'll never be a fan of Joey Ryan. I'm sorry. I just can't get on that train of someone grabbing a penis. You know they wanted Jerry Lawler to do that spot at WrestleCon a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And when Jerry faced off against Andy Kaufman version of Joey Ryan, the initial plan was Jerry to grab Joey Ryan's penis and sell it. And Jerry was like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> nope, not doing that. Oh, my God. Back to your question. I'm sorry. Um, Got to pick one. I, you know, I would just do comedy and hope for the best. Okay. Kind of think I, you, like, I kind of thought you'd go more toward deathmatch because I know you don't like comedy. Or you just think like deathmatch is just too, too fucking I mean, I, crazy. Deathmatch is – I mean – it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm not skirmish of blood or anything of that nature. I just think it's, what, why? Like, what, why do that? Like, why, what's the point of fluorescent light bulbs, be, you know, being laid down and you're jumping through? Like, I don't, I mean, kudos for, for you to do it. I can never do that. I mean, so, I mean, obviously, you have more balls than I do for if you're going to do that. I just don't find it entertaining enough to sit there and watch it. You know, for a whole show, I just couldn't do it. A comedy, you know, I, I know there's some good comedy. I know there's some bad comedy. Um, I think I could tolerate even the bad comedy because I can laugh at it, laugh at them, not with them. I mean, you witnessed some deathmatch at AIW. Yeah, but not, I mean, when I think deathmatch, I'm thinking like Joey Janela climbing the rafters, falling through eight fluorescent tubes onto a shopping cart. Like, that's what I think when I think of deathmatch. Or like, you know, outdoor wrestling 
to where like Eric Ryan does to where he gets, you know, all cut up and there's blood everywhere. There's this guy's bleeding profusely everywhere. When I think deathmatch, I think of that. If it's a, if it's like AIW kind of deathmatch, I mean, I could deal with that. I mean, technically I've seen Eric Ryan pretty much almost bleed to death in a non-deathmatch. It's just he, he got cut the wrong way and he's freaking bleeding like a stuffed pig. I think that was hell on earth. I don't remember the year, but I think the, the DVD Eric, cover is him just with the crimson mask just everywhere. Eric Ryan is one tough son of a gun. All right, question number five. We're on we're on the polarizing thing. We're going to go on to the Wilkman question from Kick Out of Two. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Of course, yes. Yeah. I'm, what do you say? I'm not, I'm not in the camp. Like, I don't, I don't care, like, if, if people do watch it. I've always said that, hey, if you watch it on, at Christmas and you love it and to you that's a Christmas movie, that's fine. But in my household, that's not what we do, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it's not on my Christmas list of movies that I have to watch around the holidays. But if it's on, like, I mean, I can see why it's going to be on around Christmas because, of, you know, setting is Christmas. I mean, I can see why um, it being a Christmas movie. I mean, it doesn't have to be all, you know, bells of holly and fa la 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 la. I mean, it, it is set on Christmas. I've often said that in that case, Rocky Four is a Christmas movie. Which, I mean, hey, it, it falls under the same thing and people consider it one just like... Uh, what, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie? Batman Returns is a Christmas movie? Okay. So people can watch it on Christmas. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas movie? A Christmas Story. Yeah, that's, that's Mighty Cleveland of you. One of my, uh, I mean, one of my I favorites. Mean, it's, it's a, I mean, okay, if you had a non... <laughs> Mighty Cleveland. A, a non-A Christmas Story movie. Oh, jeez. I mean, you gotta go with the Home Alones. I mean, Home Alone... It was a great Christmas movie. Very, very popular. <laughs> which which one do you like more, one or two? Uh, two. Actually, I, I enjoy two okay. more. I'm in the camp, too, but mainly because I loved the Talkboy tape recorder, and I often say that's part of the reason why I do this now. Because I used I, to basically wanted, create podcasts. All I wanted was that for Christmas. All I wanted was a Talkboy. I never got it. Really? I've had, I had like two. Well, good for you. I... <laughs> I never got one. I always told my parents I wanted a talk boy, and I never got one. I should just get one now, just because I can. You have a Zoom H6, like. <laughs> yeah, but a talk, but but Macaulay Culkin never had one. <laughs> he might have one now. I don't know with all the movie stuff he's doing now. I don't know. He, he, he could he could carry one with him. Macaulay Culkin's a weird dude. Not weird in a bad way, but in a good way. I'm not with him at Starcast. He was there. Real nice guy. Real small. Real tiny dude. But uh. He's a good guy. He's a little bit out there, but I guess if you hang out with Michael Jackson long enough, that turns you weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, the final question, and normally question number six is just a, just a random question. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll, I'll go with, from your experience in AIW, outside of what we have already talked about, what was your favorite AIW memory? because oh. the ronda rousey one is like definitely top so that's why it's like you need to think of it yeah one. yeah you want to know my favorite aiw memory it's this is you know i did some commentary for some matches of people who are like in wwe and you know i don't really know what people thought of my commentary i know some people listen they they, they enjoyed it um you know there's some people there like i said in raw and smackdown that i did commentary that's pretty cool but i think for me was you know, I always got to Mont Carmel really, really early, like before even the guys set the ring up. 
I'm just a guy that likes to get there early to set up, you know, the recording equipment and just kind of feel it out the, 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 you know, the, the, the place. I mean, it was for sports. When I played sports, I always got there a couple hours earlier than everybody else. So, so I think it was my favorite moment was like, I feel like you can't, like, if you're not a wrestler, you can't touch the ring. Like, you can't get in the ring. If you're not part of the show, you shouldn't be able to go in the ring. So, then that's just, like, my rule. So, for myself, is, like, if you're not a wrestler or part of the show, you shouldn't be in the ring. So, I, I got there really early. The truck came for to set the ring up. And I asked John, like, can I help set the ring up? And he goes, uh, no one has ever asked that. Uh, sure, you can, you can help. You can help, you know. Dr. Dan and Frankie Flynn and all the, you know, the guys that were just in the school, you know, for setting the ring up. And I set the ring up. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world was to set up a wrestling ring and to, like, see all the pieces of the wrestling ring and to put it together, to help put it together, the ring posts of the canvas. I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I would say my favorite memory was being able to say that I helped set up a wrestling ring. That's pretty good one i know it's not like flashy like Every, i mean rousy or anything but i mean that's that was pretty cool to me i mean it, it could definitely obviously be anything because obviously you also did the, the the podcast for a while but there's also yeah. just i don't know like you could even just be something with big and like even like me looking back at some of my favorite moments like were you know something about biggins like one in particular was when i won the date with veda scott like the look on his face when I handed him the money was priceless. Like he was so excited. And there's a picture of him, of him holding all the money up and just grinning from ear to ear, like teeth out and everything. Just that's like one of those moments that I yeah. absolutely love. And he was always such a great guy. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it was just being able to set, you know, set the ring up that a wrestling ring that, you know, I watched wrestling since I was a kid and, you know, never touched there, been into it, been in a ring, been in a ring. I mean, I've been in the ring once, and that was when uh, Gargano, his last show, and everybody was ringside, and we got to go in the ring and, you know, give him a hug or whatever. That was that's the only time i ever been, I think, in the ring. I think I w- I've been into a ring at a Memphis, Memphis Hustle game when Jerry did an appearance, and, but it was like a small, like there was not even a ring apron. It was just like a, just a small 10 foot by 10 foot, just mock ring so the big actually go into actual wrestling ring you know and set it up i think that was really cool uh just you know for me but i mean calling some matches you know like a ec3 match i called the johnny gargano match which is you know pretty freaking cool to say i did a whole show the uh, uh what's in the basement uh show i did that you know the full show mm-hmm. with the uh, with 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 wadsworth i mean i think i remember that one yeah so i mean that was that that was pretty cool to to, to do and be able to watch back these matches and hear commentary over them. But, uh, I mean, setting, setting up the ring, it was, was, was pretty cool. All right. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, of course you can listen, hear me with, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler every week, on dinner with the King. Uh, it's just, it, it's a wrestling podcast, but it, it's just more like two guys just shooting the shit, talking wrestling, talking about Jerry's career and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling for that week. Um, you know, him and I've been friends for like 10 years. So it's, it's like I said, it's like two, you know, two friends just sitting at dinner, just talking and catching up for the week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Glenmore CLE, uh, Instagram, Gmore CLE. Just, you can just search Glenmore. You can find my website and, uh, that's 
pretty much it for the plugs. Final word. Oh, geez. I asked Jerry this every episode. Final. What's the final <laughs> word is for him. Final thought. You know, I, I you know, this for, for you and, you know, start. I know how hard it is to start a podcast. I've been podcasting for almost 11 years. And to get to episode 100, however the road is or was for you to get here at episode 100, it's it's please take it as an accomplishment because, um, you know, podcasts start and they die, you know, quickly. People get bored. People just don't have the drive to do a podcast because they don't want to, you know, they see the numbers of downloads and it's not to their liking and they think it's going to take off overnight. But, dude, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you asking me for episode 100, but uh, kudos to you and all the people that you do the podcast with to keep it, to keep it going to episode 100. And um, you know, I really hope you do 100 more, and hopefully, I can be episode 200, buddy. That one might be John Thorne. Okay, I'll give John <laughs> Thorne 200. How about 199? We'll see. We'll see. It's going to uh, depend on the next two plus year. Well, I might do under two years because I like doing bonus episodes. Because I think that's one of the big things when it comes to podcasting is there's so many people who who don't know how to be consistent or like, it's kind of like you said, they give up because they think, Oh, they're going to, they're going to become this, you know, big podcast and everything. And I think that's the mindset of a lot of people, you know, I even I've come across and I'm like, I do this as a hobby. I know I spend way more money than I've ever received back. And the only thing that I've gained from, you know, doing these podcasts is respect from people. And I, I have a little bit of, you know, kind of credential of, People trust me. People respect me. I mean, is it everybody now? But I, th- when I reach out for an interview, I'm pretty confident that I have enough people to say, like, no, he's a good dude. Uh, he's been, you know, he's a, he's a good interview. He's not going to hand you the same shit as everybody else. So tr- trust me, I take it as a huge compliment. And the fact that I, I really strive not to sound like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I try to put my best foot forward. And I, I've been looking to improve ever since day one. Well, you definitely are improving, and you're not an intern anymore. <laughs> well, you said I'll always be the intern for. Well, well, if you, if a TIWS was around still, you'd be a a full time employee. Would someone else have to get Chipotle but me? Yes, that would be Frankie <laughs> Flynn. He would have to get Chipotle for us. All right, um, you can find myself at Heavyset three three zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just much like you can find this show on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. Still have the merch store over at whatabaneuver.net. One more time, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this show, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean Wrestling Cheers. Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, The Road Home from Wrestling, Kick Out of Two, The IndieCast, So Bros Network, Big Gold Belt Podcast, Spotlight Series, and I Got Your Five Stars. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Stavish Stash, Set Tab Photo, PowerSlam.tv, use the promo code WrestlingCheers, all one word, get your first month free. Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Wrestle Void, Key on Sports, Stay Tough, Midwest Territory, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you have dinner with the king. Later.
Yeah.